Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. If you would take your Bibles and uh, you can go ahead and get a head start if you want to turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to be taking a look at that a little bit later on, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, It's really during this uh, time of the year that um, this thing right here happens. Tell me if you've ever experienced this before. Right here, let's see, yep. Anybody? What's going on there? Uh, Okay, what about this one? Yeah. Yeah, and then this one. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. You ever ever found your way in that? How many's ever had a brain freeze before? How many's never had a brain freeze? How many that have never had a brain freeze have a brain? No, I'm kidding, I'm just kidding. All right, so uh, showing some uh, pictures, more pictures this week, but not of my wife. I was told I couldn't do that. So for those that were here last week, you, uh, uh, you know what's going on there. Um, all right, so what, what's going on as far as a brain freeze? There's, um, you know, we've got these platelets in our mouth that, uh, you know, have these nerves and they send messages, you know, to our brain. And, and then, uh, you know, you get uh, too much cold stuff, all of a sudden it just shoots off this message to the brain and then it opens up the blood vessels in our brain and it, yeah, there's where the pain, there's pain in the brain. And, uh, you know, the remedy, uh, to, to that is just stop. You know what I mean? And so uh, if you've gotten a brain freeze before, you didn't just keep cramming in, you know, more ice cream or whatever it was, the cold stuff. You know, you stop. Uh, doctors say, you know, uh, a good way to do it is to slow down. That makes a lot of common sense or, you know, just stop doing it. But uh, too much cold stuff will just lock you down and uh, cause a good bit of pain, Right. Yeah, and that's what's going on within the brain freeze. Uh, I, I, the reason I'm talking about that, and you want to go, what, what, what is this all about? I think it's a pretty good description, or maybe paints a picture of uh, what it's like when we as believers uh, experience, you know, t- too many lies, too many half-truths, or whenever we allow feelings or stinking thinking, uh, to, we just keep taking that on into our life. It, it causes us to lock down, and it, and it results in a lot of pain in our life. It, or pain emotionally, pain spiritually, pain relationally, in so many different ways. Why? Because we're taking on something, uh, that is just n- not healthy for us. The half lies, the, the, the stinking thinking, uh, the feelings that we allow to dictate what's going stuff in our life. And quite honestly, I, I think that some of these pictures are unfortunately a pretty good description of too many Christians today. See, when it comes to straight thinking, 
uh, about God and about the world and having a, 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 a healthy, godly, biblical worldview uh, when it comes to knowing how to live victoriously and, and purposeful, purposefully uh, and, and specifically when it comes to facing so many destructive and divisive issues that we see today in our society, many of the social issues. It's almost if, it's almost if, you know, we become stuck in this perpetual brain freeze. Now, you may say, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, but the reality is, is that, that Jesus came that we may have life and have it abundantly. We've been encouraged week after week, you know, that as, as servants of God, He just wants us to show up and to be conduits of His grace. And, and um, the message, be ambassadors for Him to share the good news with people that all around us, locally and far away. But see, here's what happens so often whenever, you know, we're just, you know, we, we get locked in, we get comfortable, and, and there's this stuff that's happening around us, you know, that's just really attacking our, our very way of living here in America. That is just undergirding so much. It's causing so much strife and so much division that sometimes as Christians, we just, we're locked in this perpetual brain freeze and not speaking up, speaking out and engaging the culture around us. And, and what happens is, is too often is here's, here's this self-talk of this destructive thinking that, that we have so often that, that whenever there's the stuff that's going on, you know, we'll say, well, you know, nothing's really going to change, you know, or, you know, I, I really don't feel qualified or I don't have what it takes to engage uh, this issue or what's going on, you know, this debate. Or who am I to say what's right or, or, or who is wrong? That's the wrong question. Or, you know, we may not say it, but we, you know, when it comes to these social issues and stuff that's just attacking our culture, uh, it's like, well, uh, it's not my problem. Or, you know, I'm just, I'm too busy. Now, everything that I've just said as far as that self-talk, I mean, wh where's that coming from? I mean, where's the focus of that? Where the focus so often is, is on self. It's like me, I, I, I'm not qualified. Me, I don't know what to say. Me, uh, I don't have time. Me, I don't think uh, things will change. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's, that's self-talk, and, and this exactly the opposite of what Jesus asked of us. It's the exact opposite of how he tells us to live. Because see, Jesus, uh, and then that's the reason that we are in this series right now, Don't Let the Old Man In. And, and really what that is, is just a, a slogan for, to remind us that when we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, we are now new creations. And, and we're body, soul, and spirit, but we are now alive in our spirit, but we've got some old flesh patterns or maybe even thinking that's not submitted to the truth of Jesus Christ. That's not biblical in our thinking. It's just thinking that we've always had or thinking that reflects world think or culture or whatever else is. But we're saying, don't let the old man in. Uh, and the reason for that is because of this passage right here in Luke chapter 9.23. We've camped out on this for quite a few weeks where Jesus is saying, if anyone wishes to follow me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So, so what am I saying? Jesus is saying, 
No more self-talk. This self-talk. When we hear this stuff coming out of our mind, that's not of Him. He's saying, no, I want you to deny yourself. I want you to deny yourself. I want you to take up your cross daily and follow me. So here's our encouragement, again, just not to let the old man in. And uh, we're going to look at some ways this morning and how that works out. So for this series, don't let the old man in. And if you don't, you're going, what are you talking about? You got to go back a few Sundays and, and, and listen to uh, the tape. Uh, but it's anything that is not surrendered to God's truth, that any way or thinking that is not uh, allow, allowing the mind of Christ to have absolute control over us is when we allow any world thinks, uh, others think, or just half lies, or Satan, or whatever the case is, to come in and influence our thinking. So don't let the old man in. Our series mantra is, for heaven's sake, don't let the old man in. For heaven's sake. Jesus says, anyone loses life for my sake, he will find it. So for heaven's sake, that's God wants me and you to live for heaven's sake each and every day. You know, he's not out there just to, to make life comfortable for it. That's not what it's all about. For heaven's sake, don't let the old man in because the old man kind of looks like the last, the, the last pick we had there. You know, it's like uh, just frozen and not actively engaged in being an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Our series verse is, He must increase in prominence, but I must decrease. This is what John the Baptist had to say. So, you know, here's the prayer. That you, that you and I can pray today, Lord, uh, um, you know, I came this morning and I wasn't really thinking, but Lord, I, I want you to increase. I want you to increase in prominence in my life, in my lifestyle, in my thinking, in my relation. I want you to increase in prominence and there's less of me, more of you. Is that fair? Is that fair? So th that's, that's the verse that, that, that we're working off of. And, and so if this is going to happen, if we're going to see more of Jesus and less of us, if we're going to see the church um, revived to the point that we are truly salt and light out there and that we are actively looking for opportunities rather than shying away from them, if we are truly going to show up and say, God, what's on your agenda today? And he's going to say people, especially people that are lost especially people who are imprisoned by the lies of, of the world and the lies of Satan and all of this stuff that controls them in their flesh. He's going to continue to point us out and be conduits of His love and grace. And, and the way this works is we, we need to allow Him to unfreeze our brains from our old way of thinking I'm not saying, well, this is what I've always thought. We're going to get say, Jesus, what do you think? Jesus, what have you got going on? It starts right here. It starts right here. Transformation it's, and, and change in our lives starts right here. The Bible just reminds us time and time again that we need to be renewed in our mind. And you say, I've heard that all my life. Well, how are we doing with that? How are we doing with that? So... We here, we've talked about this. We're going to run through this, but here's what we're saying. To become more like Jesus, I must think more like Jesus. Uh, you go, okay, that's good. No, but think about what we're saying there. To be, to be more like Jesus. And, and he, we wants us, uh, to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That's who we are. You go, oh, no, no, we got to think like Jesus. 
Think like Jesus. To become more like Him, we got to think more like Him. Allow His Word to just pour over for us to marinate, marinate within the Word uh, that He has given us. Next verse right here gives us the background of that. It says we have the mind of Christ. This is after the Apostle Paul says, man, who can know a man, you know, except that all, the man himself? And, you know, who can know the mind of God? And he says, well, we can because we have the mind of Christ to be guided by His thoughts and purposes. So my encouragement for you today is simply this. Just make it a prayer right now. Say, God, help me in my decisions, my choices, my life. Help me to be guided by your thoughts and purposes. Not the world's, not somebody else's, not even my own. Just say, Lord, just help me through today to be guided by your thoughts and purposes. Now, how are we going to do that? How does that practically happen? Now, I want you to look with me to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10. So, uh, I don't know if you're willing, if you're there, I don't want to project anything on you. Uh, but it could be that, you know, from a spiritual standpoint, you're kind of locked in and your brain's frozen to a mindset, maybe, or a worldview that's not of God. Uh, it's, it's not what God really intends for you, but you've become comfortable with it, you know, or maybe you find yourself whenever, uh, there are these highly charged issues that face us today and you just become silent, uh, and, and not engaging in that. You know, maybe there's some brain freeze that's going on. And it's in this particular passage that gives us some insight, I think, on how, how we can unfreeze our brain. Not be locked down, not be silent, uh, but to truly uh, be bearers of the good news of Jesus Christ. So Paul in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 uh, is, you know, now given a defense uh, to, of his ministry. He's in Corinth. There's a lot of crazy stuff that's going on there. You know, we see a lot of crazy stuff going on there, but that didn't hold him back. He didn't say, man, nothing's going to change in Corinth. He knew the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ would make tremendous changes. Just as God wants to remind me and you, that there's no lost cause with God. There's nothing impossible with Him. That His love will pursue those that are around us that you may feel like are lost causes. But He, he wants you and me to just show up and to join Him in the work that He's doing. So let me just start with verse uh, 1 right here as Paul's kind of sharing uh, uh, some of his background. He says, By the meekness and the gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. I, Paul who am timid when face to face with you, but bold when away. <laughs> he goes, you know, I'm, I'm not just come, I'm not a bull in a china shop when I'm with you. I'm, uh, I'm under the influence and the leadership of, of Jesus Christ because I have the mind of Christ. He says, I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. Quick question. Prayer. Jesus do I live more by the standards of this world or do I live by your standards? That's a good prayer to pray. Holy Spirit, show me. And he's going, I hope. He said, I hope I'm not going to have to come in there and be as bold as I think I am because for all these people who've been brain locked, who have a mindset that, that think that you can live the like Christian life uh, by the standards of this world. Or by the thinking of this world, by world think, or just by mere intellect, 
are winning a debate. He says, for verse 3, for we do not live uh, in the world, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Verse 4, the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Yours may say fortresses. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, for how many of you are, is, is that passage familiar? You know, that passage right there. You may even have it, you may even have it memorized. You know, how, you know, we, we don't wage war the way the world does. You know, as followers of Jesus Christ, we have this divine power within us and, and we go in to demolish these strongholds and, um, and also then at that point, we take captive every thought to make it obedience to Christ. So this should just be a good reminder to us that, you know, what we think, what's going on between our ears is really, really important to God. It's essential for us. And so there's probably many of you, as well as I have, you know, have gone, gone, Lord, help me to take captive every thought because, you know, these thoughts aren't right, you know. And we just, Lord, help me to take captive this thought. And we've used it in a personal way. But, but it's, as we're looking at this, we see that Paul is as if Paul is, is saying, I'm going to go down. These guys in Corinth, they've got all of these crazy ideas and these different philosophical, you know, ideas and, and thoughts and things of this and all these arguments. And he said, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to go in there. And with this divine power and the divine truth of God, going to demolish these fortresses. And then after that, his demolish, I'm going to, by the divine power that I have within me, help them take their thoughts captive to make it obedient to Jesus Christ. So really, he's talking about other people. Isn't, isn't, isn't that what really God wants to be happening whenever we encounter people of different mindsets or different views or different beliefs and all that kind of stuff? You know, they've got strongholds in their minds. You can list any, many, many different kind of issues, you know, that are highly charged issues. There are fortresses and strongholds. And in our culture today, it's just, it's so sad. I mean, see, there's more and more polarization, more and more division, and more and more people that are camping out on their soapboxes. And what we need to do is we need to come and say, Jesus, you know, I just want to present my mind and my thinking to you. I want, and I want you to enable me to be about the same ministry that Paul was. And first off is, you know, before you can take those thoughts captives, you've got to tear down the fortress. And that's the picture here. He says, you gotta, if you're in battle, you go break down the fortress, and then you take the captives. Right? So, you know, this is really what Paul is talking about, but it applies in a personal way too. We can apply it in a personal way to, to, to say, Lord, are there strongholds in my thinking? Are there fortresses in my thinking that is not of you and is not of your word? But Lord, if so, I want you, by the revelation of your word, your living word, and through the power of your Holy Spirit, then to take every thought captive. I want to take every thought 
and make it obedient to you. So here are two things that as we get into this to, to help us unfreeze our brains. Two keys to unfreezing our brain. This morning. And, and so don't disqualify yourself as a candidate, you know, where this needs to happen. Number one, ask God to destroy any false or proud thoughts. Just, just even this morning say, Lord, I didn't come in here thinking, you know, we're just going to have to get busy and all that kind of stuff. No, no. Say, Father, I'm going to present my mind and my thoughts to you. Do your demolition work. These may be long-held beliefs. These may be views that came from my grand, great-grandfather, my grandfather, father. You know, this is what I've just always thought. Lord, if there are any strongholds and fortresses in my mind that's not of you, I'm just, I'm going to, I ask you to destroy them. Destroy them. Do your demolition work in me. And each of us, you know, present ourselves to Him for this today. If we're going to break out of world think or stinking thinking uh, that uh, imprison us into uh, a life that's consigned to, to not experiencing the abundance of Jesus Christ and also being an ambassador of His great will, we just need to come and say and ask God to do that. And then the second thing to unfreeze our brains, ask the Holy Spirit to work. Because what Paul says in, in, in this verse right here, in verse 4, he says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. So it's not by sitting in and, and having a good intellectual argument or you know trying to win through you know my intellect, but it's coming and saying, God, Christ, You are in me through Your Spirit. Do a great work in my mind and in my heart. So, God, just take, just demolish these strongholds, demolish these mindsets, and now take and through the power of your Holy Spirit, lead every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. All right, does that make sense? I think God is calling, listen to me, listen to me, God is calling His people, the church, to, to unfreeze our brains, not get locked in, but to have the mind of Christ in every situation. And that's what we began talking about two weeks ago. You know, if we're going to do that, uh, when thoughts are taken captive to obey Christ, we're going to think like Christ. And if we're going to be like Christ, we have to think like Christ. When He takes them captive, then we're going to be thinking like Christ. Do you think you would be a candidate to think more like Christ? You think so? Let's pray and ask Him to help us do that. Jesus, we just ask that You, um, right now, through Your Holy Spirit, do a work. Lord, I pray that this today and this week, that You would identify strongholds and fortresses in our thinking that have sidelined us as believers that have shut our mouths, uh, that have, um, Lord, caused us to, uh, to just um, be satisfied with us and not what's on your heart. Lord, I just pray that you would tear down those strongholds, that you would expose them, that you would tear them down,
and that you, through your power of your Holy Spirit, would enable each of us to take every thought and lead it in captive to Jesus, to obey Jesus. And now, Lord, just encourage us. Encourage us right now as we look at you, Jesus, and your way of thinking. May we become more like you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Ready? I've got to go right fast, real fast, because we're going to just review some things that we did two weeks ago, and then we're going to jump into a few more. All right, here we go. Ten characteristics of thinking like Jesus. See, when I think like Jesus, I know exactly who I am. Problem with so many Christians is we don't know who we are. And we, and we say all this kind of stuff. Well, I'm just a poor old sinner. I'm just, oh, wait, 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 we're just messed up. Well, we're thinking like the world, or we're thinking about like something. No, I know exactly who I am. And, and Jesus, if you don't know that, if you don't know that, then write on your info card, hey, I need to understand my identity in Christ as a believer a little bit more. Somebody walk me through that. Uh, if you don't know who you are, there's everybody else telling you who you are. And you're living a, a kind of a, a, just <laughs> a sad life because you're so worried about what everybody else is thinking. I know exactly who I am. When I'm thinking like Jesus, I know who I am. Number two, when I'm thinking like Jesus, I know God's purpose for my life. It's not, to, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's all about Him. But does He care about what's going on in your life? Absolutely He does. And if you're not sure of that, if you're not sure of this, as far as knowing God's purpose for your life, uh, I, I'd encourage you. An old book, uh, I've seen it help so many people, uh, uh, Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life. Just start there. Very first line in that book is, it's not about me. <laughs> it's not about you. All right, I, but if I'm thinking like Jesus, I'm, I'm not just sitting there and freaking out about what's going on. No, I know my purpose for life. All right, number three. We looked at this. I know God's... All right. What, what was number two? Okay, did I get them out of, out of line? Number three is I know God is with me. I know God is with me. If I'm thinking like Jesus, and every one of these statements from Scripture are the words of Jesus. These are words that came out of His mouth. You know, I'm not alone because the Father is always with me. The antidote to loneliness is, is prayer. Spending time with God. And then He shows up. Um, and this is what uh, Luke 5 talks about. How Jesus, the Son of God, if it was essential for Him. You know, He felt God's presence in your life, His life. Do you? Do you? If you're missing out on that, God wants, God wants to deal with that. Um, one of the things that, that's in your program, in your bulletin, is what we're talking about is, is this new encounter with prayer that's coming up, you know, in, in three or four weeks. Uh, as, as far as engaging in prayer and meditation and waiting on God. So you go, I, I, if, if, you're, if you need to understand how much God loves you and how He's with you, I'd encourage you to spend time. Sign up for that. Number four. Uh, when when I uh, uh, think like Jesus, I let God help me choose my words. Now this is a big one. Uh, I let God help me choose my words. Uh, do you do that? Um, Jesus said that. He said, I don't speak without thinking. I don't just say whatever comes to my mind. But here's what he says in John 12, 49. I have not spoken on my own. Instead, the Father who sent me tells me what I should say and how I should say it. This is Jesus. So if I'm thinking like Jesus, I'm going, God, 
Give me the words to say, and even not only the words to say, but how to say it. Uh, anybody here guilty of not doing that? I don't want to see no hands or anything. Don't come running at charge at the altar. I mean, but I mean, there, God just pointed this out this last week, and I've been trying to be more intentional about this right here. But even this last week, there was there was an encounter I had, and I knew it was coming up, and and it just. It was just not redemptive. It was a great opportunity, but it wasn't redemptive. And after it was over with, you know, it's like the Spirit said, you know what? You just kind of went with rope. You've done it. You've done that kind of deal so many times, but you didn't ask me to help you choose your words. Uh, See, I was, some of that self life was coming out. You know, depending on self. He says, deny self. So it's like, wow. Now, and so many of us are yakkers and talkers. You know, some of you not as much as others, but, you know, but wow. When words are many, you know, especially when they've not been submitted to Him. But this is the way Jesus thinks. You know, He goes to encounter a situation. He's going, Father, tell me what to say and how to say it. Boy, God, tell me what to say and how to say it. He'll do that amazing stuff. All right, number five. <clears throat> number five. When I think like Jesus, I don't worry about pleasing everyone. When I think like Jesus, I don't worry about pleasing everyone. Now, this is a big one because so many of us are ple- uh, people pleasers. And uh, the, the, this dominates our life. These people control our life. You're always worried about what other people think. Uh, and because you're always worried about what other people think, you, you, you don't have time to be what God wants you to be. Because your focus is in the wrong place. What gets your attention gets you. Uh, But when you think like Jesus thinks, then your focus is on pleasing God. This is so liberating. Uh, Jesus never tried to manipulate crowds. And He just says, I only try to please the One who sent me. That was His focus. God, An appropriate prayer, God, please deliver me from... Being a people pleaser. God, please deliver me from being so consumed with trying to please other people uh, with image management or whatever else it may be. Jesus says in um, Luke 16, 13, no one can serve two masters. He says, you know, you're going to live for one or the other. You're going to hate one and love the other. Uh, And when I'm uh, living for what other people think, uh, then it hijacks what God is doing in my life and what God wants to do in my life. So it's like, Jesus, let me just live for an audience of one. Lord, do this work in me. You know, going all the way back to what we said, the, uh, the unfreezing your brain, ask the Holy Spirit to work in my life. When you think like Jesus, um, I'm not waiting on the approval of others. Uh, whose approval are you depending on? You know, you're going, man, if, if I could just get so-and-so to like me, or if I could just get make sure that so-and-so's happy, then my life would be good. And Jesus says, that's not, that's not my thinking. It's me and the Father. And He'll work it all out. See, because see, when God the Father, and God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, you know, and the Trinity and the unity there, whenever they are with you, 
Think of how influential, influential they are. If you want, you want to uh, have plans, friends in high places, just focus on them. And then he, they will attract who they want in your life. They will turn the hearts of who you want. So when Jesus says, I'm just pleasing you, Father. When I think like Jesus, I don't worry about pleasing everybody. Number six. When I think like Jesus, I depend on God's power, not mine. I depend on God's power, not mine. Um, <clears throat> these are powerful words coming from Jesus Himself. Not about Him. These Not words about Him, but these are His words. He says in John 5.19, I assure you, the Son of Man can do nothing by Himself. He can only do what He sees His Father doing. That's a good reminder for us that if Jesus was dependent on uh, the Father's power, so are we. We just need to say, God, you, I'm just waiting on You to tell me you know, what You want me to say, what You want me to do, and I'm going to depend on Your power, not mine. Do you know, do you know, how, do you know, do you know how you know if you're depending on Your power instead of God's? Well, there's several pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good gauges. You're tired all the time. You're stressed all the time. You're worried all the time. What's going on? You're trying to control the stuff. And you're not looking to Him for that. You know, we are energized by God whenever we're dependent on Him. It's in Him that we live and move and have our being. So, you know, Jesus depended on God's power. If He needed to, you and I need to. God, help me. Help me to continue to do what you're doing. And only do that. I'm trying to do too much. Take your agenda. Take your schedule. Let's present it to Him. And only do what He says do. Number seven. Alright, we're getting through these pretty quick. Uh, I forgive those who hurt me. When I think like Jesus, I forgive those who hurt me. Now, these are all things that we know that you know we should do and all that kind of stuff. But see, here's, but but our flesh and the old man is repelled and repulsed by so much of this. I'm not forgiving them. They hurt me. It's not right. It's not fair. But he's called us to deny self, take up our cross, follow him, and 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 he says, "This is what you do. You forgive those who hurt you." Jesus on the cross said, "Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing." So. Here's a question. Who's hurt you the most in life? Who are you holding uh, a grudge against? I mean, where's the resentment directed? Uh, who, what are you just holding on to? Thinking like Jesus is forgive them. Forgive them. Don't hold on. Uh, you, because we only hurt ourselves and we miss the opportunity for God to do a redemptive work in that relationship. When I think like Jesus, like, Father, forgive them. I'm going, I can't do that. Oh, that's good because I deny myself, take up my cross daily. Thinking like Jesus is an affront to world think and even self think. It's a different economy, and He's called us to have His mind. Jesus pushes the envelope on that. He even gets more radical. In Matthew 5 44, He says, Love your enemies, bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those which despitefully use you or persecute you. Look at all the action words in here. Love. You might want to circle. Love your enemies. 
Not just forgive them, love them. I can't do that. Oh, self can. Oh, the old man can't do that. Jesus can. I can do all things through Him. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who despitefully use you or persecute you. What? Jesus has so wonderfully come into our world. He paid a debt that He did not owe. We owed one we couldn't pay. And He says, I want to invite you into a relationship with the Father through Me. And I don't want you just to, to exist, but I want you to experience the very essence of who I am. And I want you to represent that in a world that is lost and dying. I want you to be salt and light because, see, you, you're feeling pretty good because you know that you've got the assurance of heaven, that God is true. But there's so, so many around you that don't have that. And they're different. And they may talk loud. And they may have views that are radically different from yours. But God has invited us just to show up and, and He will bring into us the mind of Christ so that we can give an answer to everybody that we come into contact with. Not to sit silently by, uh, silently by and go, you know, I'm okay, I'm good, you know, everything's good with me. No. But to have God's heart for the people. There's not one person that you and I will ever lock eyes with for whom Jesus did not die and for whom He does not love. The mind of Christ is transformational. Let's keep praying. Let's keep praying and submitting our lives and our minds to Him for His glory. Would you pray with me? Father, through Your presence and Your Spirit here today, You, you don't come in and, and condemn those that are Yours. You do convict us whenever we are kind of living the self-life or living outside of Your purpose and Your will. But Lord, I pray that You would show us a picture. Give us a picture of ourself. Especially if, <laughs> if, if our brains are frozen. If we're locked down and, and we're not engaged with You through Your Word and not engaged with the people that You put in our life, we're just... We're, we're self-serving in, in everything that we do. God, just, just convict us in that. Reveal to us that's not your purpose. That's not your plan. We're living, we're living with stinking thinking. Lord, I pray that you would just awaken your church. I pray that, Lord, that uh, you would do such a work through your Holy Spirit in us uh, that not only do we encourage one another. Not only uh, do we celebrate what you're doing, your transformational work in our lives, but Lord, that we are regular vehicles and ambassadors of your good news. Lord, thank you that as followers of yours, we have the mind of Christ. May we exercise your truth for freedom and salvation. With your heads bowed right now, just take a minute. 
Maybe there's a scripture there that the Holy Spirit has just kind of pointed out to you or maybe He's just convicted. You know, there's a lot of self-thinking there. Well, just go ahead and, and confess that. Just go ahead and surrender that. Um, just change. <laughs> just ask Him, say, Lord, help me to change my mind on that. And you know what that is? That's repentance. You change your mind. Okay, I've been thinking like this. No, I'm not going to think like that. I'm not, I'm not going to pursue that anymore. I'm going to let you demolish the strongholds and take my thoughts captive to make them obey you, Jesus, because your life is abundant life. Your life is victorious life. Your life is a God-pleasing life. Your life is what you want me to experience. Father, we thank you for your great grace today and your truth that sets us free. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.